Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Discerning prophetic witchcraft today is officially launch day and this new no no holds barred no holds barred book is number one on amazon and we've got a webinar to go with it called discerning prophetic witchcraft why because this is a real issue in the body of christ as a matter of fact i've been hitting this thing for 20 years now i've got a special guest with me here today a dear friend and an apostle uh, doctor, I'll, I'll introduce you to him in a minute, but I, I want to be, I want to say this. I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. The prophetic ministry is vital. It's powerful. The true prophetic is needed. It's, it's, it's important. We cannot, because of the nature of this book, I do not want anybody to be afraid or to discredit the true prophetic. The reality is true prophets have been walking the earth for thousands and thousands of years and so have false prophets. But with this book, Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft, we're not just talking about false prophets. We're talking about presumptuous prophets, immature prophets, those who have not yet been trained and end up stepping into time bombs and blowing up your life. And so we're going to dive into some of these issues today. And I I felt to do this series, uh, this is not the webinar, but this is uh, bonus material. And you can go get the webinar at schoolofthespirit.tv and the book. But I thought to do this um, because I feel uh, as if this needs to be a collective effort. You know, the the good guys, you know, I don't put people on my platform one time. I put somebody on my platform who turned out to be a false prophet one time. And so anybody can be fooled. Anybody can be deceived. Anybody can be wooed by this charismatic witchcraft. So, um, but please do not discredit the true prophets. The true prophets are vital, 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 vital. And so I want everybody right now to share this with somebody. Hit the share button. This could literally save somebody's spiritual life. You know, I'm going to be doing a lot of talking in the webinar um, about issues that we probably shouldn't talk about on Facebook because um, they probably ban us if we talked about it on Facebook. But uh, without further ado, I want to introduce my good friend, my brother in the Lord, uh, the one and only Apostle Dr. Nigel Lewis. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, everyone. God bless you. God bless you. God bless your puzzle. Right before COVID hit, we just got yeah. home and the lockdown happened the next day. So I'm drinking water out of my Starbucks cup from Trinidad and Tobago today. So I'm excited. Uh, but thank you for being on here. You're the first one I wanted to interview for this series because I know you've dealt with a lot of crazy things because you're, you're uh, among other things, you're a deliverance minister. I mean, yeah. you've seen wild things with witchcraft and and things of that nature and uh, one of the things we had going on down here 
in South Florida is we've got these, these um, we call them Santeras. We've, we've got these deliverance ministries um, that are just absolutely releasing witchcraft uh, on the people that they're proposing to set free. So it's not even a true deliverance. Um, have you seen that down there? Have you seen sort of witchcraft in the deliverance ministry down there? In the years that we have done deliverance, my wife and I, we have come across people who have been um, into witchcraft posing as prophetic people. And they would come to us for deliverance, not wanting to stop their, 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 their how should I say, their, their deception, but they would want deliverance from the demonic powers that are oppressing them, but still maintain their guise as prophetic people, but they fully well know that they are operating under witchcraft. What troubles myself and my wife is that there are people that are going to these churches. Now, this might sound really crazy to some people, but there are people that are into the occult and they have literally started churches and people are attending these churches and Christians cannot seem to tell that their pastor, their apostle, their prophet or whatever they call him is not operating in the Holy Spirit, but operating in the occult. Wow, wow, wow. Why do you think that's, well, let me just back up now, because some people have never heard the term prophetic witchcraft. Somebody said to me um, the other day, well, what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? Is that the same as this and that? So when I say prophetic witchcraft, what what does that mean to you? Okay. Um, my definition of prophetic witchcraft uh, could mean a number of things. One, a person that is trying to use the prophetic to manipulate or control other people, that is one level of prophetic witchcraft. And today we're going to get into the interest, maybe a scripture or two concerning that. And the, the other level of prophetic witchcraft is people who use divination or occult powers to, to, to prophesy over people's lives. So that's the two dimensions of prophetic witchcraft that I would look at. Yeah, no, that's good. I, when I think of prophetic witchcraft, I think of those things. I think of um, prophets and prophetic people who are not operating through the Holy Spirit, but through some other spirit, a divination, a familiar spirit. And the really scary thing about prophetic witchcraft is it's possible for anybody, even like a really a person who really loves God, to tap into it. Um, it's possible to get in an environment where you know the heavens are hard and there's like a lot of witchcraft in the environment and to think it's God when it's not. Um, you know, it's it, it can happen to anybody. Um, I hope to God it's never happened to me. I don't believe it has um, because I was trained early on in the prophetic that there are certain places. Like we went to Nicaragua every summer and there and the, the, the president's wife was a witch. She would stand behind him doing you know, witchcraft and chants and, and doing all the stuff. So the, the witchcraft was so strong there. We were warned and we were taught going in, be careful with your prophetic utterance that you don't tap because something can sound good, but it's not really God. Yes. Yes. So, so let me ask you this. What's i I've got a little list of questions just especially for you. Um, how big of an issue is this in, in Trinidad? I mean, are you seeing, so I'm here in the States, you're there in Trinidad. Are you seeing this? Um, you're saying people are, are going to churches with it. I mean, why why does this happen? How big of a problem is it, and why why is it happening? Okay, um, I don't want to I don't want to sound too alarming, as if it's you know it's every <laughs> other every other church. But um, I have seen, and not only you no know, one of the things that I tell people, not everyone, and I'm just giving my disclaimer so people understand where I'm coming from. Not everyone has ever opened up a person and seen the inside, heart, lungs, liver, um, stomach. This is something the Lord spoke to me. Um, because I am a minister that does deliverance, <laughs> right, we see things that other people don't see. So just like our doctor will see a beaten heart, a doctor may see lungs, a doctor may see pancreas, but we normally, we know these things exist, but we don't see it. Ministers that do deliverance, we come across things that the average minister does not come across. For instance, when a minister that is an apostle or a prophet comes to us and confesses to us that they're doing witchcraft, that they're doing occult, or when people come to us that, that are 
prophetic and people see them as intercessors, as prophets, and they come to us and they confess because they want deliverance from the torment, we ask them, so how is it that you have been a prophet all this time and no one has recognized that you are using occult practices? And we have come across quite a few in our years, people that are calling themselves prophets, calling themselves um, apostles, but really and truly they use witchcraft. And I have to go into the word to see how can these things be possible? How can someone be operating as an apostle or as a prophet or as a pastor and their source and they know their source is of the enemy? And there are those that operate in the occult or sorry, op operate in a wrong spirit, but sometimes they are genuine, but they have tapped into a wrong spirit. Yeah, and that is troublesome. So there's not a lot. I mean, there's a little bit of talk about witchcraft in the word, but where would you put one of the one of the places I point people to is in um, when Jehu came riding to take Jezebel down. And one of Jezebel's sons says, is it peace, Jehu? And he said, no, no, no. Not as long as we've got Jezebel and her witchcrafts, you know. Uh, running around. And so that's one of my favorite scriptures because, you know, everybody likes to talk about Jezebel. Um, and the Bible does talk about the occult and these things, but, you know, you mentioned scripture a couple times now. So um, do you have a scripture handy that you could pull out to sort of, because uh, yes. some people are like, oh, I, don't, I don't know about this. I mean, is it all prophetic <laughs> true? No, it's not all true. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, you, you are truly a prophet. I appreciate sure Jezebel and Jehu on Saturday night. So yeah, that, that's that's one of the ways I know a true prophet. They really pull things there. Um, my first scripture I would give is for the genuine people, those of us that are watching, and they're like, well, you know, I, I don't know what he's talking about. The Bible says in Luke nine fifty four, and when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Wow. And that is from my number five signs of, that is, I reached number five, but I decided to start there now, of how we can determine a person's operating in prophetic witchcraft. They were walking with Jesus and they wanted to call down fire on some people. So my, my number five sign of a prophetic witchcraft person is they love to call judgment, especially on their detractors or someone who's not with them. But Jesus told them, and the interesting thing about this scripture is they were walking with Jesus, but they were still entertaining another spirit. So we can genuinely be walking with Jesus, but because of soul hurts, wounds, um, the wrong attitudes, bad character, we can entertain another spirit other than the Holy Spirit. Wow, wow, wow. See, that's so good. That's I have that in the book. I talk wow. about this, the same scripture. Yeah, I know we're on the same page. I talk about that same scripture because, you know, I mean, they were, I mean, they're, they're with Jesus all the time. And Jesus rebuked them. He's like, you don't know what spirit you're of. And then how about Peter? I mean, he's like, you know, always stepping into trouble. I mean, here he gets this revelation from, from God, you know, Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven and, and, and Peter's probably feeling like a hero. I mean, you know how it feels like when you get a really cool revelation from the word, you're like, thinking, oh, that's so cool. You know, you're happy about it. You want to share it. All of a sudden, he's like rebuking Jesus saying, you know, you know, Jesus, is like, I got to go die on the cross. He's like, no, no, no. He took Jesus aside and like rebuked him privately. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You're an offense and a stumbling block. The Bible says he turned to Peter and said that. You are an offense and a stumbling block. So one minute, Peter's walking in this like mega revelation. The next minute, he is being influenced by another spirit. This is why I say it can happen to any of us. And you yeah. mentioned there, soul wounds, hurts, disappointments. I mean, look at Judas. Judas was walking with Jesus too. But because of an offense in his heart, you know, he ended up betraying Judas. So, I mean, you know, it's a, that's a great scripture that you pulled out. I, I like we're on the same page as usual. So, yeah. So the, um, you know, the issue is what, let me just, I have so many questions. So now it's my turn to talk to you. Um, you know, what, what are, I have some, some extreme witchcraft horror stories. Um, I'll tell you one and then you can tell one. So I was 
in a prayer line in um, South Florida. I was actually a leader in this apostolic church in South Florida. And this prophet came in from Europe and he said, he, actually, he was a pastor, excuse me, but he decided that he was now a prophet. Now, number one, that's very dangerous. I think part of the reason why we see prophetic witchcraft is because people take on mantles that don't fit them. And David, the worshiping warrior, was smart enough not to try to wear Saul's armor. It didn't fit him. He wasn't going to try to be someone who he wasn't. And a lot of people, if you'll remember, Apostle Nigel, whenever the apostolic started coming up, especially in America, the pastors that bought into the apostolic became apostles and all their wives became prophetesses. They had no discernible gift, no anointing. And so, you know, this pastor, he was from Germany and I got nothing against Germany. I love Germany. I've been to Germany several times, but he came in. He said, well, you know, I'm really operating as a prophet now. He says, I'm going to prophesy over every single person in this room. Now, if you're truly a prophet, God can give you the grace to do that. If he tells you to do it, he can give you the grace to do that. But this man decided by his own will to prophesy to everybody in the room. And the Bible says, I think it's in Peter, you know, no prophecy comes by the will of man, but by the spirit of God. So when we, you know, now prophets can pretty much prophesy at the drop of a hat, but he wasn't a prophet. So he decided by his will, he prophesied all this stuff over everybody. It was condemning. And that was one of the signs you just pointed out. It was condemning. It was judgment. He told everybody what was wrong with them. And I always contend that, you know, I mean, I don't need anybody to tell me what's wrong with me. I kind of already pretty much know that. Um, I want to hear how I can get out of the issues that I have. I want to hear something. So he prophesied over me and it released such witchcraft. I mean, I had to go get the other props in the church to break it off of me. And so that's a danger. That's one of the reasons why is because he wasn't a prophet. He was not operating in a prophetic grace, anointing, or a mantle. I mean, have you seen those instances where people just call themselves and they're, 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 they called them, but God didn't call them? Yes. Um, well, let me give you one from my early days. So this guy, well, on, well the person passed away. Um, he, my wife and I, we used to call him the prophet of doom. That's the nickname we gave him. He came to our ministry one time. Um, he stood up, he folded his arms like this. He never worshiped. He never expressed any adoration to the Lord. And he came to me and, um, you know, he introduced himself as a pastor. Then a few months later, he came again to the ministry. And this time he told me he was a prophet. So I was very young in the ministry, very young in the ministry. And, um, you know, anybody, I was a pastor. And this could have been, I think, what, year one, year one and a half. So, you know, I said, okay, he's a prophet. So we had a young girl that was at the ministry. And I asked him to assist us to pray with her. Immediately. After the, the, the prayer, the very next day, she was taken to the hospital, like life and death situation. So God moved. God did a, trim, a miracle with that young lady. What happened is that soon after, he called me on the phone and he said, listen, um, I'm a prophet and um, I want to take your leadership, my leadership, my, me and my wife and, and the leadership. And in those days, we really didn't have leadership. It was just me and Camille. Um, and, and minister to you all for a weekend. That's what I want to do. That's, that's my calling. So I told him, I said, I have noticed you. I, I noticed that you, one, you don't worship the Lord. You're folded, your hands are folded. Two, um, you don't prophesy to people. And he said, no, he doesn't prophesy to people. He only prophesies judgment. That's why we call him, calling him um, prophet of doom. He said, I only prophesy judgment. I'm a judgment prophet, prophet like the Old Testament. And I said to him, brother, you are no prophet. You are no prophet. And this man, sad to say, Apostle, because he was a man of, of monetary means, this man was able to climb in certain circles in ministry in our nation. And it was sad to see that the other prophets that were around this man could not recognize that he wasn't a true prophet of God. So that is like my, my first time that I encountered what I would call witchcraft prophetic people. Wow, wow, wow. And it goes back to the judgment stuff. And this is probably going to make a lot of people mad here. Uh, but you know me, I really don't care. Um, you know, I've been delivered of, of people, so I, I, don't, I don't operate in the fear of man. But we have a real trend going on. This is not in the book. A lot of what I'm saying is not in the book. Um, but there's just too much to put in a book. I'd have to write a volume. Now, two things I want to say here. Number one, 
the, the, there is a true prophetic movement. And my, my spiritual father, Bishop Bill Hammond, would probably smack me if I didn't keep saying that because you know, there's more good guys than there are bad guys, okay? There's more yeah. true prophets than there are false prophets. But the reality is some of these false prophets, they're so loud. They're so there's they got slick social media marketing. They're, you know, so so they're so don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. And guys, do get the book. It's on Amazon, or you can go to my website, get a copy of this book because it could save your life. But you know, the thing with the judgment prophets, and I've been pegging these guys for years. They never have anything good to say. It's like, number one, why would you prophesy all this judgment, first of all, over your own nation, and you're still living there? You know, you reap what you sow. So if you're going to sow judgment constantly, that's what, you know, God's not going to show you mercy. You know, you, you sow mercy so you can reap mercy. That's what the Bible says. And so you're putting all these judgments and curses on people. I'm going to have my son, Chasden Strickland, come on um, another time and talk about some of these prophetic witchcraft practices as well, because he's actually been cursed by different people, um, literally uh, other preachers. And so, you know, we'll just stir up that hornet's nest. But um, there's a trend right now in the body of Christ that's really troubling, Um, you know, and it's called Second Heaven Dreams. And these second heaven dreams are actually releasing witchcraft, fear, panic, torment, and trauma, particularly in the United States. Um, there's one, one in particular that went very viral. And this uh, man of God had a, a second heaven dream of like, you know, basically America's going to go into hell in a handbasket. And, you know, by election day, it's, it's going to be all over and Trump's nowhere to be found and all this stuff. And it, unfortunately, it went massively viral. And that just goes to show you that many people in the body of Christ cannot discern between a true prophetic encounter and a second heaven dream. And a second heaven dream or second heaven revelation is something that the enemy shows you. It's pulled out of the second heaven. That's where the principalities and the powers are in the second heaven. And so this guy is a good guy. But now listen, since then, since he released this and it went viral, now he's got a new warning every other day. Now there's a warning for October. There was a warning for because now he's become very popular, but most people still are following the man of God. And I think he's a good man. I'm not going to call his name because I'm not trying to bring, uh, um, you know, disparagement on him. But now all these people are hanging on every word he says, and it never came from God to begin with because God is a God of hope. So prophetic witchcraft. Um, it has no hope in it. Second heaven revelation has no hope in it. And, and this is a problem. We've got too many doom and gloom prophets. And it seems to me that some people just really like that stuff. And I think, and maybe you can tell me, why do you think people buy into all that? Because there there's a whole section of the body of Christ. They, they, they like, they click, they share the doom and gloom stuff. Why? What's, what, is, what is wrong with this picture? I have thought about it, and it's the same reason why we like horror movies. <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there's, <laughs> and as I always teach in our on our deliverance um, seminars, Christians are not supposed to watch horror movies. It's just a reality. There, uh, there's a spirit of fear that is released, and then and some horror movies they tap into. The, what I have found is that horror movies, right? Have a spirit of fear attached to it. The, 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 the real spirit to manipulate people is not so much on the horror movies. Horror movies is a straight spirit of fear, right? But then there are some movies, they have some, they're very subtle. And this is something that you know I've discussed in one of my books. Satan is very subtle. So in the horror movies, he just puts fear. But in other movies that are not so much horror, there are other spirits at work um, that really attacks believers. So the same reason why we have this innate um, desire to watch and be afraid, it's like almost that same desire in us as believers. So when we hear doom and gloom prophecy, um, um, we, we, we try to get deeper into it. I remember some years ago, this is some years ago, um, I, was, I started to study the Nephilim in a really great way, big way. And I started to dig deeper. And one night, as I was getting ready to go even deeper, the Lord said to me, stop. I didn't anoint you to study that. And Ooh. I was like, oh. And I want to say over, the, over, over Facebook today, not everybody is anointed to study certain things. 
if God has anointed you to study, you know, the deeper things, the deeper revelations of the enemy, or, or, or as a revelation to the depths of Satan, no problem. But the Lord simply said to me, stop, I didn't anoint you to study that. So I have a certain knowledge of it. And the Lord spoke to me, I don't want you to go deeper in that. Now, if another minister goes deeper, I don't have a, a quarrel or an issue with them. Maybe the Lord has anointed and released them. But the Lord told me, Nigel, because, you know, I like science fiction, I like fantasy, and that's my nature, you know, as a young man, Conan the Barbarian, all those types of shows, that's a big thing for me. So that, the Lord, whatever the reason is, God stopped me from going deeper into that. So I think that believers, we have this desire to go into things that the Lord has kept closed. Closed. Um, when you read the book of Daniel, the angel told Daniel, he said, close up that book. Close up that book. Um, the angels in the Garden of Eden, they were, they were charged to block the way. To the tree of life and there are some things we just don't need to know there are some things god maybe has not shown us so there's this desire for us to peek into the supernatural which brings us to the false prophetic because what the enemy does is oh you want to see you want to see more than god is showing you you want to hear more than what god is telling you I, I have a way for you to do it and this is where the deception comes. The snake comes and realizes this deep desire in this person to see more, to know more, to hear more than God has ordained for them. And then therefore, they entertain what we call another spirit. And this, I think, is the starting block. Um, I remember this young prophet. Uh, he was on Facebook. We didn't interact much, but he came to a few of our conferences and I knew the church that he attended. And he was reading a particular type of book. So again, I'm not going to call the, the author, but in the book, maybe you might know some of the books, the author would claim to go to, you know, different places and meet different people that were dead and different things like that. And I told him, I said, listen, guy, you don't need to read books like that. Um, there's so many good books on the prophetic. You don't need to read books of people who are talking to dead people like that. You know, a bunch of different, you know, dead people. And um, there's a desire in some people to go deeper, to hear deeper. Um, and this leads them down a path of false prophetic or witchcraft prophetic. That is so good. I'll tell you, there was a there was a time, and it wasn't too long ago, I was teaching in the School of Deliverance, which, which is over now, but it was at the time, I was teaching about familiar spirits. I was, I, was, I did a two-part on familiar spirits. And while I was teaching that, I heard a voice that sounded a lot like God and said, um, you know, you could, cause I have a lot of seer experiences I see in the spirit. I mean, it's not like constant, but I have, you know, seen things and had dreams that are, were from God encounters. And I heard a voice that said, you could have those encounters all the time. Wouldn't you like that? And I, I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, that's not God. And it was a familiar spirit because I was studying familiar spirits to teach it. And this familiar spirit came and tried to get me to agree with it, to accept some other spirit to operate. And I said, Whoa, I got up and started doing warfare. That's familiar spirits. I saw this picture. Um, and there is a right way into the seer dimensions. There is a right way. Jesus is the door. You can see in the spirit. You can have dreams that are from God. The prophetic is true, but there was this young man, as well. And I saw him bowing before a prophet who is known to be false in another nation. And he was bowing before he's on his knees, which is not unusual. You know, people do get on their knees to, have, to receive impartation. That wasn't the issue. Um, the issue was, is that this guy was spraying this water, this special anointed water that he sells, I guess, for, I don't know, $25 a bottle. He was spraying this water in the, in the young man's eyes as an impartation. And, you know, it was really just tap water, but, you know, this guy thinks it's something and he's like, you wait till you see what happens when I come back to America, I'm going to be seeing like nobody has ever seen before. And it was braggadocious and it was witchcraft. And this young man had already gone off because he was more enamored with the ability to see than he was with the one who gives the gift of seeing. And he fell. And um, so we're seeing that in this season, because I believe you know, the closer we get to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the greater the glory and the greater the deception, the greater the darkness, the greater the light. And so we're seeing now there's so many deceiving spirits and people who start off sometimes true and pure can be deceived, can be tempted by something wrong motive in their heart or really just thinking that it really is God. I remember 
Carlton Pearson, tremendous man of God. All of a sudden, he decides there's no hell because a voice came to him and said that, and he thought it was God. And then even Oral Roberts tried to tell him, you know, this is, I mean, they made a movie about it. I'm not picking on anybody. It's on Netflix. They made, Oral Roberts came and said, son, did you really hear from God? So any of us can be deceived, but we're less likely to be deceived when we keep, when we get healed, when we um, keep our heart clean, uh, when we know the word of God. Um, but it can happen to anybody. As a matter of fact, if you don't think you can be deceived, I submit to you that you're probably deceived already. Yes. So, Yeah. Now let yeah. me ask you. Let me ask you this. You want to jump in on that, or you, or, or are you ready for my next inquisition? I'll take the next question. So there's a guy in here, Sean Brennan, and he says, "I'm sorry. The Bible does say prophets are to warn of coming judgment. That's God!" Exclamation point. Okay, I want to make clear that neither one of us said that prophets are not called to warn. Um, however, it's the spirit behind it. If you are in my in my view, if you are, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet for a reason, Isaiah was known as the prophet of hope, even though he pronounced tremendous judgment words. They always called for repentance. Real judgment words will have hope in them because we are serving a God of hope. Not only that, we're in a new covenant. We're not in the old covenant. Jesus Christ came that none would perish. You know, I just so, Sean, please don't misunderstand, my friend. Um, we're not saying that prophets aren't called to warn of coming judgment. Um, however, we're not to be mouthpieces for the devil by re-prophesying something he showed us out of the second heaven that has no hope, that scares right. people and that pushes them into caves with guns and food supplies. That's not God either. So but you don't believe you believe prophets can release real judgment. Right. I mean, there's, there's, we're going to see that in the last days. You know, the, 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 the prophets of righteousness, they, I mean, of course we're going to warn. I mean, I warn. I've put a lot of words of warning. Yes. Yes. Um, exactly what it's in Apostle. Um, prophets and, and the, the, the scriptures that I have here right now, it's basically illustrating the point where the real prophet is used a, a warning and, or a judgment. And then the false prophet is the story of the old prophet and the young prophet. And so even though the, 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 the prophet came with judgment and a warning, he still interceded for the king and the king's hand was healed. But then we see the introduction of the old prophet, who is a, a false prophetic witchcraft prophet, and he issues a judgment over the young prophet and he dies. So it's a, it's a clear, clear thing to show where even though God warns through the true prophetic voice, the warning comes with, how should I say this? The warning comes to save. The warning comes to save. In other words, I'm warning you, but it's a, there's a way out. That if you repent, if you do this, if you do that, you're gonna, you, I want to show you grace. But the false prophetic voices, many times, it's almost an a, a, a angry, judgmental, it doesn't matter if you repent, I've, I've been determined to destroy you um, kind of voice. And that is one of the, the, the ways that we can identify um, witchcraft voices. That's really good. Someone's upset that I mentioned uh, Carlton Pearson. They said that I have, they're telling me that I, I shouldn't have said that because I have no proof that there's hell. Um, um, I'm not picking on him. I didn't call him any kind of names. I just said he heard a voice or Robert said, are you sure that was God? He decided that he was, there was no hell overnight. Um, I didn't call him any kind of name. didn't bring him into equation. It was on Netflix. I saw it on Netflix. I'm recounting that. Um, do you believe there's a hell? <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, to me, um, just common sense. When people do bad, they break the law, we put them in jail. Um, so I believe the, 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 the God of the universe, he has a place for people that, that they're not going to serve um, his son. So we have to believe in that place. That's just it because by Jesus said it's real. Yeah, I believe it's real too. Um, and I believe that False prophets will end up there in the lake of fire. The Bible says that all liars will be in the lake of fire. Now we have to then go back and define what a false prophet is. A false prophet is uh, okay. Let me let you. What is a false? Let me because I'm supposed to be interviewing you. <laughs> okay, apostle. Let, let me just take take us back to First Kings chapter thirteen verse eleven, and I'm just going to um, go go through this very quickly. The Bible says, "Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel." And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. And their father said unto him, which way went he? For his sons had seen 
what way the man of God went. Um, to me, and, and some may get, I, I know you have different people commenting, so they may get upset by what I'm about to say now. Five signs, <laughs> according to me, right, that I see false prophetic people. One, they're, they're interested in true prophetic or apostolic voices so that they can get back in the limelight or that they can defile them. So sometimes an old prophetic voice, they have done their sin or whatever, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to call anything because people are going to get upset. I know there's the grace of God. But sometimes, just like with Samson, we allow the enemy to cut our hair and that anointing Ooh. just does not come back. No matter what, I mean, we repent. I, 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 and I get it. God is a God of restoration. But I've been, I've lived long enough to see some people repent and go back on to greater glory. And I've seen some people repent and go and they get back into ministry. But that sparkle is just not there. Um, so a false prophetic person, they, 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 they love to, to seek out true prophetic people to either get back in the spotlight because they are no longer in the spotlight or they are there to defile them. So he, the Bible says in verse 14, he went after the man of God. So sometimes you're a young, upcoming, prophetic, true prophetic voice, and there's a false witchcraft voice coming after you, and you need discernment to know that that person who wants to make you their spiritual son or their spiritual daughter, they may not be what you think they are. And Ooh. I've studied the scripture a lot, and I've realized that a young man, even though he was anointed, he was insecure. And I want to say to those of you that are called to the prophetic, you're gifted, do not let your insecurities allow the, it's a chink in your arm, and if the, the enemy would use it to destroy you. So he went after him. Number two, he said unto him, he told him, God said, don't go back that way and don't eat. And he said, God spoke to me. And God said, you could come back this way and you can eat. So the, the, the number two sign and the main sign of a witchcraft prophetic voice, false prophetic voice, they lie. They lie consistently. And you can you pick that up, you recognize that they lie. And once a prophet is a lying prophet, it is extremely difficult to believe when they're talking the truth or not. Um, then he said, an angel spoke to me. Now, I know this is where some people may get upset too. A false prophetic <laughs> voice to give credibility or lend credibility to their ministry. They have these, these oh, how should I put this, Lord, without sounding too badly. Um, they have, they have, they, they claim, now that's what I want to use. They claim to have heavy experiences with the supernatural. An angel came to me last night. Angels were dancing around my car this morning. Um, angels, I saw angels outside the plane. Now, Please don't get me wrong. I believe in angels. My wife sees angels. My, my, my daughters see angels. There are people in the ministry that see angels. But when people are claiming that they're seeing angels 24-7, they're sitting down in their living room. Um, they're having coffee with them on the morning. They're in the car next to them. They're in the plane. They're lifting up the wings of the plane. They're bathing. And the angels say, that's a nice soap you have there. These people are simply trying to lift up their own spirituality. So a false prophetic person, they would use any supernatural means. They would tell you an angel came in their room, an angel was on their, their, their roof. They would tell you things like, I have 3,000 angels around me right now, and it is all to bolster their claims. Um, number four, he, when, when the young man ate, he pronounced the judgment on him. And this is the point that we were making. He pronounced a judgment on him. And the irony of this passage is that the man died. Exactly what the false prophetic person um, um, said. And number five, the last one, the Bible says that Balaam, he used enchantments or divinations. And that is the, that's the other extreme, where a person is prophesying by using divination or occult practices. So these are just some of the signs that we can look for in a false or witchcraft prophetic person. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Yeah, people, people, people to get mad. Somebody sent me something. I don't know I, the guy. I don't know the guy, but apparently he had like 12 angels come with 12 messages or something. And he'd only share one. Those are the kind of things that you really have to discern because somebody can have a visitation from 12 angels. But if they're always having visitations from angels all the time and their whole entire ministry is built on angelic messages, there's something wrong with that. Because the Bible says in Hebrews that in these days, God speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Right. So, you know, I do believe in angelic encounters. I do believe, um, you know, God can send angels with messages because it's in the Bible. But I think when there's an overemphasis on angels, it almost diminishes the ministry of, of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, so, I mean, those were tremendous. That thing with the young prophet and the old prophet has bothered me for years. Um, that's one of the most disturbing stories. There are other stories that are more disturbing, but it's one of the more disturbing stories in the Bible, especially as it relates to the prophetic. Those were tremendous signs. Guys, get this book and get this webinar. Um, you can go to schoolthespirit.tv and get the webinar and the book. I'm going to be teaching a lot of things I don't want to say in public because I don't want to deal with people like some of you that are on here today, uh, stirring trouble, releasing witchcraft at me. You know, many people are releasing witchcraft at me right now and at you too, praise God. But we have the, the favor of God surrounding us like a shield. So Amen. it just bounces right off me and lands back on you guys. Don't be releasing a witchcraft. You release all the witchcraft you want at me, but do not release witchcraft at my guests. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> God is good, guys. Get this best-selling book, Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft. Apostle Nigel, you have books too. What? What is? What is? When is your deliverance book coming out? It, right now, it's actually by the editors. I'm smiling. It's actually by Ooh. the editor, <laughs> and it's. I'm hoping to have it launched October, November, preferably November. Um, because right now, again, we're on lockdown in Trinidad. So, you know, you need to have, the, the, you know, when they launch it, but there are people there. I don't want it to just be, a, you know. Um, and I deal a lot with um, false prophetic um, voices um, in the book, even though it's a book on deliverance. Um, the, I, I speak about, especially a little bit of the book now, the, the damsel in the book of Acts. Ooh, that is one that's of the good. Ways. That's one of the ways to discern. Have you ever been in a service where the prophet, the man of God, is prophesying and you are not feeling anything? You're not sensing the Holy Spirit. And worse yet, you are feeling grieved. But he's yeah. accurate. He's accurate. And this is a way to know a, a, a real witchcraft prophetic voice. This damsel, the Bible says she followed Paul. Right? Some people can be following a right leader and still be false. That's just it. Ooh. So you are following that leader, and they, of course, this damsel, she was also following other people who was following Paul. So it all seemed as if they were all together. And this is a reality. So there are people who are following along with us, following a leader, following an apostle, following a prophet. And because we are genuine, we think they are genuine. But no, she was prophesying and declaring that these are the men that will show you the way of salvation. Accurate, completely accurate, completely accurate. But the Bible says it grieved Paul. And if you are in a service where the person is prophesying, one thing I know, the Bible says that when the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When there's a true prophetic ministry involved, there's joy. I always tell my, um, I, I've taught my, you know, my, my, my kids a lot growing up. And I always tell them, there's one way to tell when a true prophetic person comes through um, a service. And they say, well, what is that? I said, sometimes you don't even remember what they, what they preach. All you, <laughs> all you remember is that you leave the place and you feel as if your burdens were lifted and you feel free. That is, that is one part of the prophetic anointing. So what happens is that she was releasing these words and it grieved Paul. So sometimes we are in a service, and I've been in those kinds of services before, where this person comes and they prophesy, one, you're not sensing the Holy Spirit. You're not feeling the Holy Spirit. And it's actually grieving you that you are there and that the person is speaking. And once those three criteria are being met, that person is either involved in witchcraft or they are heavily under the influence of witchcraft spirit. And they are not aware. Wow. That's really, really, really good. And that's... And I, I see, and you know, people get mad when I say these things, but just because somebody is under a certain apostle or a certain prophet doesn't mean they can't have issues. Just because they have, listen, endorsements on their website or on their book, I'm very careful about who I endorse for that reason. Because I've seen like major figures in the body of Christ endorse or even write forwards for books that were plagiarized and they didn't know it. And so just because somebody has, you know, somebody's endorsement, doesn't mean that that person is necessarily, you can't, let me just say it this way. You can't turn off your discernment just because somebody else endorsed them. I did that. Um, <laughs> I did that a number of years ago. It was 2000, I want to say 2016. And this woman came into the ministry, an intercessor to the house of prayer. Now, how many of you know in the house of prayer or in any church, you never have enough help. I mean, if you're, especially if you're growing, 
you always need more help. You could always use more help. She came in, could pray like really, really well. And I, I, I asked her, where, you know, where'd you come from? She said, I came from this major prayer ministry. So I knew people at that prayer ministry and I reached out to them. I said, you know, do you know so-and-so? Oh, she's great. She's amazing. She'll be a real asset to your ministry. Three or four people that I spoke to, and even like leaders in that prayer ministry, went to the prayer ministry, met with them. Yeah, she's great. Turns out she was a major Jezebel and just about turned the ministry upside down. And so from that experience, what now four years ago, I've come to realize that I have to discern for myself. I cannot, you know, even if you, you know, I respect you. Or Ryan, Apostle Ryan, I respect him, right? Or whoever. I still have to discern for myself because sometimes we're put in positions or sometimes we don't, they don't manifest. You know, people with the Jezebel spirit, they almost never manifest in front of the leader. They play, play nice with the leader. So the people in your church sometimes will see it and they'll come to you and you'll be like, huh, that's why we cannot, we have to like really work together and I mean, just because somebody's got an endorsement doesn't mean that that that, that person is okay. You, you guys, you've got to stick with your discernment. Guys, I want you to get this this book and this webinar. Uh, and, um, and when Apostle Nigel releases his book on deliverance, I want to bring him back on just to talk about that uh, continually. Um, let me see if I have one more question for I know we're running out of time. Have you... Um, why do believe... So besides not using... I don't know, I could put, besides going off someone else's endorsement, why do people fall for this? Besides the doom and gloom, why do people keep falling? Why do people keep giving money to false prophets? Why do they keep buying their books? Why do they keep sharing their posts on Facebook? Why is it? It is because they tell them what they want to hear. Um, the, mm, I, I always get trouble with this prophet's name. Micaiah, <laughs> I think it's Micaiah. And if you read that portion of scripture carefully, the other prophets, they were prophets. The Bible didn't say that they were false prophets. And when the king asked them, they all said, they, they, I can't remember all the, one person said, you're going to crush the enemy. Another person said, you're going to surround the enemy and destroy them. And, and they kept prophesying to the king and he was loving it. And then he was like, and Jehoshaphat was like, do you have do you have another king? Do you have another prophet? And he was like, Micaiah, but he doesn't prophesy anything good to me. And that is the key. There was a time I got a prophecy from a, a prophet. And um, it was a prophet that I respected. And he came, he came to my ministry. And what he prophesied to me, I didn't like. So I was very upset about it. So I went home and I told the Lord, I didn't like that prophecy. And the Lord rebuked me. Here's what the Lord said. The Lord said, when I sent a prophet to a king, in the Old Testament, did it, I always send them with a good message or what the king needed to hear. And um, I said, of course, what the king needed to hear. He said, so then why you, that, um, pastoring a leading a ministry, you only want to hear what you want to hear. And I apologize to the Lord for being upset with the word. But a lot of people, we only want to hear certain things that would appeal to our flesh, our desire, our ambitions. We have to be willing to, um, so now I tell the Lord, God, if you have to rebuke me, encourage me or whatever, but as long as you speak to me, and mm -hmm. this is our heart attitude towards the Lord. In other words, I don't need you just to send out, I don't need to hear a prophet who's going to say you're going to get a house, you're going to get a car, um, or you're going to get a husband, you're going to get Boaz or whatever. We need to be, <laughs> that's, that's another thing by itself. Um, we need to be able to be willing to hear um, what God wants to say. And just like that king, he listened to so many prophets who told him what he wanted to hear. He wanted to hear victory. But then the Micaiah prophet said, listen, man, this is it for you. You're not going to live. Um, so many of us are like that. So we prefer sow seeds. Jesus, I know to get myself in trouble now. Um, we, so, we sow seeds to, the, <laughs> to these types of prophets. And I believe, I want to say, I believe in sowing seeds. Listen, yeah. guys, I, I sow seeds. I, I, you know, my wife and I, we are sowers. We believe in sowing. Um, however, we sow seeds to these people because simply because they're telling us what we want to hear. And we have to get to the point where we, we just don't want to hear what we want to hear. We want to hear what God is saying. 
That's the truth. It makes, you know, it makes them makes them feel good. Guys, before we wrap up here, I want you all to share this with somebody. If you're just coming on, share this broadcast, start a watch party. Um, I love Apostle Nigel because he's a man of revelation. He looks at scripture and sees things other people don't see. Because uh, there's nothing new under the sun, but there's always a new way to look at it. So I can't wait for your book to come out. I think with a lot of these people, it's with all, a lot of these compromised prophets, because not all prophets who prophesy falsely are false prophets. So in other words, anybody can miss it. But there are compromised prophets. There's bitter prophets. Um, and their their prophecy will be bitter. That's why they don't ever, ever have anything good to say, because they're they're bitter. They're, they're seeing the world through a lens that is uh, not accurate in the Lord. And so, but for a lot of these people, it's about platforms and paychecks. It's a new phrase I just made up platforms and paychecks and uh and they love if people want to <laughs> platforms and paychecks jezebel had 850 false prophets eating at her table she had well i don't have many were eating there but she had them on her payroll they were her yes men she had all these prophets that that were eating at her table she was supporting them and so we have to ask ourselves you know what god are, are these prophets really serving there's three types of prophets in the bible the prophets of jehovah the prophets of Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. That's all you find. And, you know, but the good news is there are more real prophets than false ones. The bad news is false prophets will rise in the last days. Jesus said so. It's yeah. going to happen. And we have got to get really settled in this discernment issue. Um, you know, many Christians that the pastors just don't, that's what I love about your church. You guys teach on the real stuff. It's not just five ways to be happy by Saturday. You know, you're teaching on, you know, real life issues, real spiritual issues and finding that balance there. I mean, you know, for all the deliverance you do, you don't just teach on deliverance. You teach a lot on relationships, you know, and that's like central. Um, so we've got to be a people that learn how to discern a thing. Uh, later this fall, I'm going to do like a 20 part series on discernment because that's how big of an issue I think it is. People are marrying the wrong people. And sometimes because a false prophet told them who to marry. Uh, people are, are, they don't discern the gifts in their kids. So they're pushing the kid in the wrong direction. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and because we're not discerning rightly. And so, um, I think that's one of the, the, the biggest issues in our, our day is that we just follow personalities instead of, you know, following, you know, the, the, the true gospel message or following people with character. Maybe they're not as flashy. Maybe they're not as, you know, exciting. Maybe they don't pop, 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 preach like that. But, you know, but what they have to say uh, is uh, is true. And, you know, there's just a lot of deception rising. But I mean, but I'll give you the last word. I mean, say something or, or pray or do so, say something encouraging. I don't want people to think that all the prophets are bad. Um, this book is about exposing them just so we don't want to get people deceived. But, um, you know, what would you say to the people to encourage them or, or to pray for them or something? Um, what I would say, basically, um, just a just a. To add to what Apostle Jennifer is saying, the disciples asked Jesus, what would be the sign of the, the end days, the last days, or the end of the, the sign of their coming? And this is what Jesus said. The first sign he said is that, take heed that no man deceive you. And this is, 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 is what um, Apostle Jennifer Leclerc's book is about. She's ensuring that you take heed that you're not deceived. Because what we need now to coin a phrase from a very good prophet friend of mine, um, we need to have the prophetic advantage in these times. Um, you know, you need the voice of the Lord to tell you, no, don't go in that, that pharmacy, go in that pharmacy, because that pharmacy had somebody with corona or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a reality. So we need to have the prophetic advantage, the voice of the Lord. So um, I believe that, that this book is tremendous in that it exposes those that want to take advantage of, of people. Um, again, the Bible says that they are more for you than against you. That's one. Two, um, even though the enemy took, the Bible says, a third of the stars, there were still two thirds. Mm -hmm. So as Apostle Claire says, there are more true prophets than there are false prophets. But the problem is we have to make sure that we are listening and we have a keen ear to the Prophets that are of the Lord. I, I love how she said that, Professor Behal, Professor Jezebel, Professor Lord. I love that. I, I'm going to study that tonight. <laughs> I'm going to study that tonight. Um, so, 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 yeah, so I, I just want to pray for those of you that have been under the influence. 
I want to say, Apostle um, Leclerc, there's a sister in my ministry. She has developed tremendously financially. And I remember a prophecy that she received many years ago. I'm talking about like 20 years ago. I was actually there when she received that prophecy. And the prophecy that she received was that she is going to be like a hobo, but she's going to be happy. You know, I don't know if people use that word anymore. Hobo, just going from place to place with a knapsack on her back. And she wouldn't have much, but she's going to be happy. And when she joined our ministry 11 years ago, the Lord brought back that word that I heard over her life probably about 10 years ago. It just came in a flash. And I was like, wow, how can I remember prophecy from 10 years ago? And the Lord told me to break that false prophetic word over her life. I mean, and that sister, you know, she's a deacon in our ministry and she's doing extremely well. And, and financially, she's doing tremendous. She has her own home. She has vehicles, um, just different businesses. And one of the reasons I believe, one, she's a very hard worker. But two, that false prophetic word that was spoken over her life was broken. So what I want to do now, I want to pray to break false prophetic words over people's lives. So, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, you said in your word not to despise prophecy. And Lord, we are not despising prophecy, but we are acknowledging that prophecy is a real gift that has been given by the by the Holy Spirit. And Lord Father, we thank you for every person has received my life has been changed by prophetic words, Father God. So we just we just declare, God, that we believe in the prophetic and in the power of the prophetic. But today, Lord, on this broadcast, I bring every person who is under a false prophetic word. A, 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 a witchcraft word or a word of judgment, even as my life, Lord Father, I was de de declared over me that Lord, my ministry wouldn't prosper, my marriage wouldn't prosper, my children wouldn't prosper. False prophetic word declarations over my life, Lord. So, Father, I break, Hallelujah, every negative, Hallelujah, prophetic word over your people. Every person that is watching me that can identify with a negative prophetic word, a, a prophetic word of judgment, a, a prophetic word that Lord was false that they're holding on to. Father, we submit it, hallelujah, Lord, to the altar. And right now we break it in the name of Jesus. Every person that is under a false prophetic unction, a false prophetic word, Lord, we break it in the realm of the spirit and we declare null and void and right now let the right prophetic person, let the, the true prophetic voices begin to minister to your people today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for doing that. I, that should have been a no-brainer for to have you pray that. It's real, guys. It's real, but there's more true than false. Apostle Nigel, how do they find you online? People are wanting to connect with you. Apostle Nigel Lewis, he's in Trinidad. How do they give them your website or, or your Facebook, however they want to connect with you? Okay, well, the best way to connect with us, we have um, my, I have Nigel Lewis, my, my regular Facebook page, then I have my Nigel Lewis ministry page, um, we have Shiloh Family Church, if you want to see all that we're doing. Um, we also have Shiloh Bible Institute, um, and, you know, we also have a branch in Guyana, and we're starting a new semester, yeah, a new semester, a new year in September, and, you know, you could, you could email us at Shiloh Bible Institute, and it's long. Shiloh Bible Institute at gmail.com. You can email us there or you can message us on um, the Shiloh Bible Institute page. We are taking in new people. We are actually even, well, everything is going to be online now, Apostle Jennifer, because we are on lockdown again. Um, mm -hmm. So everything. So we have our local students, we have our foreign students, and it's a mixture. We do theology, we do um, ministry, and we do what I call like admin courses. Um, you can get a certificate, you can get a diploma. We have, you know, we can also get a degree. And um, we're growing. This is our fourth year. And um, so, yeah, so they could look me up, Shallow Family Church, Shallow Bible Institute, or simply my ministry page, Nigel Lewis, to stay connected. Yeah, follow him. He's tremendous. He's been a blessing in my life, and he's a blessing to the body of Christ. Guys, get this webinar, get this book. You can find it at schoolofthespirit.tv or on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Share this before the broadcast in somebody's life could actually be uh, really, really helped by watching this truth. So guys, bless you. I'll be back with you again on Friday with Prophet John Beale. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions.
have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.